The DeFalco Files is an entertainment-based program. Some memories of certain events might be fuzzy. All opinions are that of the host. Content might not be appropriate for children and some adults. Listener discretion is advised. And remember, the truth is here. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels. Hey everybody, Matt Michaels here on The DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW, the future stars of wrestling here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. Joe, uh... Can't, I can't personally make it to Mecca on the 4th. I am uh, actually got tickets for a uh, Mayonnaise X concert. So I uh, just want to let yes. you know. Well, you're the guy going. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and actually, it's not Mayonnaise X. It's Mayonnaise and the other group. Oh, okay. Because I was trying to read up on them. They're a Filipino band. And it's like, you know what? Whether they're good, bad, indifferent, it doesn't fucking matter. You know, the... The deal is we signed a deal. Well, we didn't sign the deal. We what we did sign four others, and in November we basically, after three times, like, hey, we need this date. We need this date. Uh, at no escape, we were confirmed that we're good to go on February fourth. So now, almost three months later, and now three and a half weeks before the show, you're like, not even the balls to call me. Oh, uh, I get an email that says, uh, Joe, can you give me a call? Uh, yeah. Give her a call. Well, you know, the owner's got this promoter, and they want to pay a bunch of money, uh, and they want to do it on February 4th. And I'm like, yeah, and? You know, we're doing six shows, you know, bringing in five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars $8,000. So eight times that, say it's $50,000. So they're going to pay you what an extra three or four to run a one-off concert. And you guys barely run any shows. So wouldn't right. you rather run six for one? Now, if the guy's giving you a hundred grand, you know what? Here, Joe, here's $5,000. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, Oh, you know, sorry for the miscommunication. There ain't no miscommunication motherfucker. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, I don't know. You know, people are like, oh, you should sue them. It's a verbal agreement. I don't know. You know, we do have that date. We now have to scramble and scamper and, you know, go into venues or do it at, at the FSW arena, which will definitely cause us to not make money because we just can't fit. You know, we get squeezed 270 in there like sardines. Right. And it kind of messes up the meet and greet and how do people – get through that and now there's no food and you know sure we can hire a liquor vendor but it's a totally different atmosphere of what the mecca is all about now if you told me december 10th well at least you gave me three months to you know two months to figure it out right now you know you call i, I call you on thursday i need an answer asap friday comes by i hear nothing you know i call monday morning now it's the 10th and it's like, she answers the phone and she's like, oh, I'm on the other line. I'll call you back in two minutes. And, you know, five hours later, of course, there's no call. So I'm already figuring, yeah, 
you know, she tried to act like, oh, you know, you're right. And it's messed up. You know, I'm going to talk to the owner. And I'm like, well, that's all great and everything, Susan. But he's the owner. So he's right. already made the decision. Like, you've already talked to him. You're going to talk to him again. I said, just but make sure you're aware that if you do pull us, you know, I will never do business with you. And, of course, in the email, it's like, sorry for the miscommunication. You know, if you have any other dates, you know, we don't want to uh, lose the relationship. It's like it's already fucking lost. Are you fucking insane? Like, can you really believe, you know, is the relationship done? Well, no. If you offer me $5,000 to go do a show there, then I guess I would. I'm not an idiot. But I will never book a date. How do I know you're not going to change it again? Right. You know. And it, it, what fascinates me, and, and, and for you listeners who don't know, Diversion Amusements has been the um, the hub of um, the uh, bigger shows for FSW since um, the pandemic lockdown was out of place. Restrictions were gone. Started in June. Um, and Right. And we here's a little breakdown. Okay. We start in June. We do a two-night anniversary show. The guy, Randy, who's in charge, loves wrestling. So we talk, we, we manipulate the numbers, but he wants to do the show. So he's like, hey, no upfront cost. We're going to have a drink guarantee for both days, separate from the others. And whatever you hit comes off the top of what we have to pay. Oh, okay. Sounds good. So the first show... We do seven, eight thousand dollars in food and beverage, which is more than double the guarantee. Okay. But halfway through the show, the air conditioning stops working and it is a sweat box in there, literally. So now I go, Hey, Randy, can you do me a favor? Can you get a couple of cases of water for the wrestlers? Not for the fans for free, don't worry. Just a couple of cases. Well, you know, can't just be giving away cases of water. And it's like, well, first off, they're fucking five dollars. And secondly, the reason we need so many waters, we had waters, but everybody went through them because it's 140 degrees in there. Like you're doing me a favor, giving me two cases of water. Okay, you know what? We're not paying to be there. We're bringing them in money. All is good. So now the next day we end up with. Uh, no air conditioning at all. Right. Now, our fans do not know this, but anybody who came to the show the day before, there's a good amount of people who were like, oh, I'm not coming for the second show. It was, I don't know if the thing's fixed. You know, FSW didn't put out a statement because why would I put out a statement if I didn't know? I, I come across as a liar. Right. So, again, we end up losing out. So we do you know, two thirds of what we did the day before. So of course there's a complaint about that. And it's like, okay, well, this is the number and we did this much. That's despite you that we did the number. Right. Okay. So that's all said and done. And that's in June. Now it's time to do the show in August and a week and a half before the show. uh, I get a call from some lady at diversion. And the lady is taken over for Randy. Randy has gotten sent to a different property that the owner owns. So there's a different deal in place. So now we got to cover the lighting guy. 
the sound guy, the cost of moving the um, pinball machines, you know, $400 to move pinball machines that probably took two guys an hour and a half each. Whatever, we're going to pay the money. And despite that fact, we're paying that upfront cost. The drink guarantee is still the same, yet we have to now pay money. And we don't get any money taken off if we go over. So about halfway through the show, I'm like, hey, what are the numbers at? So we'll know because, you know, don't really want to take an intermission in a long show. But if we have to, to try to get to the number, we will. Oh, no, you're good. You're, you're already over the number. Oh, okay. Well, we got about an hour and 20 minutes to go. About 20 minutes later, I go to the, the food place part, you know, to grab a sandwich. And all the food's gone. It's like, what's up with all the food? Well, the bar manager obviously had no interest in being there. So now every dollar counts. And we've rung up $1,000 or so in food in, in an hour, hour and a half. 1500 I don't know, because I just get the full numbers. And now you take the food, and I say something to the lady. And she's like, oh, I'll get you and Rocky a sausage sandwich. They're in the back. And it's like, so they're in the back where they're going to get thrown away. That way your bottom line looks like you've made less money instead of just selling them. Okay. We're okay. We're going to go. We're good with that. Okay. You know, little hiccups. Things are going to change. Things are going to get better. All right. Now we do the last show. Again, another good crowd. We're way over the fact. Where's the lighting guy that I just paid 200 bucks for? Oh, he called in, you know, uh, my son runs lights at the Venetian or something. And what the fuck does that have to do with you running it? So they can't turn the lights on or off. You were there. You know, all the lights are going all over the place. There's nothing we can do about it. And again, it's like, okay, we have to settle with this. So, again, it isn't 200 bucks. It's the fucking principle. Right. Like. Hey, I just now paid you $200 to do a non-light job. Like, how about credit at me? Give me my money back. Make the offer. Yeah. Make it make it where you're appreciative of what we've brought to the table. Our fans have come out and supported and bought where initially they did 4 or $5 drafts that are now $7. Like, they, they didn't want to offer anything inexpensively. And now drinks are 10 or 12 bucks instead of eight or 10 bucks. Yet the first show when they were that we did better numbers than we did the last show because some of our fans didn't want to pay that kind of money. You know, we did the, uh, you know, we did an after party with a a buffet that went really well and about 40 people paid 20, 25 bucks for that. And it was like, Oh, well we got to up the cost. It was like, gave some chicken and some vegetables and a dessert. Like how much do you want to fucking charge people? And with the Randy guy in the beginning, it was like, we also took that off the top of the bar. So that was another thousand dollars on top of it. And it was like, we did that because we knew it was coming off the bar tab. So that would guarantee us that we wouldn't have to pay anymore. Right. And then the other ones took over. It's like, oh, yeah, we can do an after party with that. But, you know, we're not going to take anything off of the bar. And I'm like, well, why would people why would I want my fans to stop 
maybe not getting those sandwiches because they're going to eat the dinner that they just paid thirty dollars for. Right. And then I get right. no credit for it. That makes no business financial sense that I could think of. But despite that, you know, they have the great Briggs screen and and the sounds great and. You know, we worked the room to where it fit really well. Yep. But you want to do fucking shitty business. No wonder why. I said to her, I'm like, I guarantee right now, because either their website fucking blows, which I guess it does because it doesn't show any events on there. But I'm pretty sure they barely have any anyway. It's like there's 365 days in the year. We want five or six. Right. You can't tell them to book a different day. Yeah, it's um, it's it's frustrating. It's um, something too uh, that if you're listening, um, you know, this is something that what you don't take into consideration is what a promoter goes through when they're dealing with getting venues. Um, it's one of the most painstaking things when deals are in place, but then something gets pulled and now you have to scramble. So in the right, method- they they don't put out the contract quick enough. Yeah. So wait, 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 wait. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna scamper. I'm gonna make moves as of Thursday. So I was already looking at it as we're out of there. We need to figure something out. So like six, eight months ago, when we were first looking for new venues, you know, I tried to contact the Silver Nugget, you know, pandemic time. It was weird. Supposedly they were open and anytime I would call, there'd be like this constant busy signal kind of forgot all about it. You know, I tried again a few days ago and it's the same thing. It's like, supposedly this place is open, but their main line never rings. It's just Hmm. a busy signal. So then I contact the Silverton, find out there's a new guy there who actually was around when we did the shows. Oh, yeah, FSW. You know, I was around for that. You know, those were some of the funner shows. Okay. And now he's like, doesn't answer the emails. Like, do you guys want to rent out your room? You know, yeah. and it's like, you know, we have a meeting today. Uh, I actually talked to Bud over at the uh, downtown event center. You know, we had talked about doing something. And... They're available that day. Unfortunately, their tent where we would do the show is down because they have this huge Super Bowl party that will have thousands of people there. Right. So they accommodate. So the tent doesn't go back up till right after the Super Bowl. But we had a good conversation. They are also doing a ballroom type thing over at the Cirque. Mm. Problem is Cirque's 21 and over only. So, you know, I'm actually going to meet him tomorrow because we've also talked about doing our 21 and over beers and body slams type show. And I, I think we could do it in a cool place like that, add a little variety to to the wrestling show. So, you know, good conversations have come of this, but it's just mind boggling that there's so many rooms and because of the pandemic and stuff that these people don't want to do nothing. What's so, what's even more fascinating too on top of that is the fact that wrestling is at that high again. So it's the perfect time if you're a venue to monetize off of the popularity. 
you know, and I, and I was talking to the bud guy and I'm like, Hey, you know, these are the numbers where, you know, you were doing five, $6,000 in, you know, food and beverage. Oh, I take that for a three or four hour gig. I'm like, I would think so, but everybody makes it seem like it's no big deal. You know, we know the profit on, on alcohol is more than 200%. Right. You know, they're charging you, you know, $8 for $7 for a beer that costs $1.50. Right. You know, the markup is incredible, you know, and it's just like, really, you don't want three or 400 patrons that would never come to your venue, facility, whatever it is, bar to now come in and spend some bucks. You know, yeah. I don't get it. And the people that we have talked to and reached out to, you know, where GCW runs, Meet Las Vegas. But they have a weird situation there. It's like they don't have their own liquor license. So they have to bring in a bar person. So you got to pay X amount of dollars per bar. It's one every hundred. They're talking about two or three at 500 a pop to set up the fucking bar. That's like 1500 bucks. Jesus. They get the money and meaning the person who runs that barge, the bar, right there gets the money and then they kick back meet Las Vegas. Well, if they're kicking them back 20 or 25%, if we do 5,000 in liquor, they're not taking $5,000 off because they've only made $1,000. So you know how much we get taken off? Fucking zero. Yeah. Because they're only making the 1000 out of five. That other person is making four, who that other person should be paying. Like, I want that gig yeah. where I got to pay you 20% to just sell the liquor and I have a minimum of 500 And if you don't do that, you have to give me the money. Yeah. Like, just have a traveling liquor license. You know? So, and it's like, then we're told, because I saw, you know, uh, GCW and they had the, the sound equipment. Oh, they're like, no, you, you, you can't bring your own sound equipment. Like, what do you mean? Like, oh, no, you have to use uh, their sound and their microphone. And it's like, whose? Oh, well, we have a, a production company that'll come in at, you know, $750 oh, to God. let you use a fucking microphone. Like, and no offense, I was at the GCW show and our first response was, man, this place has some shitty sound. So you didn't even get good fucking microphones and good fucking sound system. So everything had its own cost because all the venue gets is the space rental. Right. So their staff has got to be there. So... It became an impossible situation. You know, the person there, awesome. She was super nice, you know, trying to manu manipulate some numbers for us, but it just became way too costly for, you know, a spot that we probably can't do more than 50 to 100 fans compared to the arena, right. you know, unless everybody's outside and who wants to stand outside watching a wrestling show, especially on February 4th. Yeah, exactly, and that that is a factor. And if you're not familiar with Las Vegas in February, even though we are a hot city during the summer, we are a cool as fuck city at night during the winter. So outside venues are almost impossible to run as well. Um, 
when you look at the possibility of finding a place and finding a working relationship, what is the one thing that you think so far has been the biggest stickler in terms of, you know, has it been just the availability? Has it been the fact that a lot of places out here don't actually have licenses? Um, Because I know, you know, like in California, if you had a venue and you wanted to sell liquor, you needed to have your own license. Um, is it is it just a combination of everything that's basically culminating in this kind of shitstorm of, uh, you know, we've got, what, three weeks, four weeks till the show, and, you know, it's like... Three and a half. Yeah. And it's just like, here, here Joe, here's something new to, <laughs> to occupy your mind, time, and stress. If you had any hair left... I'm sure it would be a. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd have less than my kid. <laughs> um, so, do you think that uh, is it is it hard nowadays? Here's the deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the deal. The problem is with Las Vegas. It is the conference capital of the world. There's a million ballrooms, but. The price to get in those ballrooms was more money than it would cost to be in a venue like Samstown. You know, right. Booker T did the thing at the MGM and we were talking and I kind of felt that, hey, it seems kind of weird that he's going to come in all that cost. And he said he basically had, you know, somebody who took care of things and an investor or whatever. And because renting a ballroom at the MGM, which is really like three quarters of a mile away from the MGM, because right. it's that whole conference center, you know, is, you know, probably five to ten thousand dollars. There's no there's no lighting. So you need trussing, you know, sound system. They had to bring in their own, you know, all it is is bare bones of a room. And when you can't get a room for less than three to five thousand dollars, it kind of prices out just about everybody, you know, can can we find a YMCA, you know, a school maybe, but they want all this insurance and they want upfront money and they want a bunch of stuff. And it looks like a fucking gymnasium. Right. Oh, we have higher standards than that. You know, why would I go to a place and pay them money when it doesn't even look half as good as the FSW arena? Right. No. So, the cost is the number one factor. There's a million places, you know, there's the space and the industrial one. And these guys want tons of money, which is fine. But I always thought that it's better to run a hundred shows at, you know, a $2,000 profit than, you know, a third of those shows at, triple the profit because the more shows you got, that means your, your bartenders are getting more work. Your, your waitresses are getting more work. So they're getting a hundred opportunities to, to make money, which makes them stick around a lot longer than, you know, at diversion. When I first went in, I got invited. They were doing a golden Knights fucking playoff game party. Okay. And Obviously, we got in for free, but it was like it was 40 or 50 bucks. And it's like, first off, 
who the fuck is paying 50 bucks to watch a game you can watch for free? Okay, they're offering like a uh, a dinner sampler. You know, it had, you know, five courses. And I always laugh and tell everybody because the first course was gourmet fucking potato chips. Like, that was like a legit course. You know, a second was like a parfait cup salad. So it was filled with lettuce, you know, like this in a parfait cup. Okay. So then it was like, oh, we get some meatballs. So they bring over two meatballs. And I'm assuming that that one's for me. And then the other two are for my kid. No, it was two meatballs to split. Okay. So it was one meatball each. And then the little pasta was like in a little thing like that. It was about that big. Okay. Now, was the food good? Yeah, it was pretty good. But unless you're just going for the atmosphere, yeah, just say it wasn't a huge success because we were like one of 14 people there. Wow. Okay. So all those people, the waitresses, I guarantee you didn't make shit. Right. We come in and we do two nights in a row. And the first night we do... Well over 400, 450 in the, in that area. Place is packed. Oh, this is great. Everybody's making money. You know, oh, wow, you know, love to have you. The guy gets replaced. The lady's like, oh, you know, we want to be here for you. You know, we want you to make sure this is the place to go. And then all of a sudden somebody offers a few grand more. And it's like, oh, yeah, dad, just move the date. Like, we have nothing else better to fucking do. And now I got to fucking run around like a chicken without a head. You know, trying to trying to scamper. You know, one good thing is, you know, we had that issue before, and at Samstown when we tried to do, ironically enough, Mecca, Mecca two, two with Jushin Liger, and thankfully through Boyd, we actually got the uh, Northside Cannery, which was a little smaller, but it was a great atmosphere for wrestling, and it ended up being great. So hopefully, you know, we can find a place. You know, maybe that downtown event center, you know, maybe Fremont where we're going today where they're like, hey, you know, we like somebody coming in who's going to. Oh, they had a bad show. They only rang in forty two hundred in liquor. Yeah. You know, it's like, wow. And that was always the issue at Samstown that no matter how good we did. Like I remember when we did Matt Hardy and Brian Cage and there was a new guy, Stephen, who took over just for Samstown. Uh, Gary had moved on to the to the entire Boyd Gaming property. Right. And Stephen was actually a wrestling fan. And I remember I came in, we went to look at the numbers or whatever, and Stephen was like, oh, man, what a great show, and the numbers through the roof. And then all of a sudden, Gary chimed in, and it was like, yeah, but you got to understand, you know, even though you did this much in liquor, that wasn't the profit, and then you got to take in the margins. And it was like, you know, thanks, Gary. Way to try to fucking rain on the parade. Like, it was never, wow, FSW, you know, they're bringing good numbers, right. which we are. And instead, it was like, oh, we're going to bat for you. Oh, you know, you don't pay for labor. You only pay for this. And then, because it's Amstown, we went from being not having to pay a dollar to having to get a drink guarantee to then having to pay and have a drink guarantee. And the funny thing is, we didn't start paying till Joe DeFalco brought Ring of Honor right to Sam's Town's door. Yeah. I brought Impact right to Sam's Town's door. 
And my thanks was not a comp anytime I wanted for the steak room, the steakhouse. I had a fucking scratch and call for a buffet ticket. You know? And I remember it was funny because we had left. We went to the Silverton. They, they had treated us way better at that time. We signed an exclusive deal, be there for a year. Uh, Ring of Honor comes to town and they're like, oh, you know, Joe, we'd love to have you back. And it's like, well, I'd love to be back, but you, you, you kind of priced yourself out. Yeah. And then I ended up talking to Gary one time and it was like, oh, you know, if we sign a deal, you know, take you and the kid, you know, we'll go to the steakhouse. We signed the deal. I hit him up. He was like, oh, I don't remember saying that. It was like, motherfucker. Like, it costs you anything to give me a free dinner. It was like, my kid was like, he said it right there in the office. I said, I know he did. You know, I guess, you know, senility kicks in sometimes at different times. Usually when somebody's supposed to do something for you. But hey, you know, it is what it is. Well, it's uh, it's going to be something that everyone should be following. And uh, if it comes down to it, I'm pretty sure that uh, Mecca will then have to be held in Ricky Tenacious's backyard. So, yes, you know, see, what's funny is imagine if it was a reality show, I could be motherfucking this joint all over the place. More people would say, fuck these motherfuckers. Yep. Absolutely. You know, beep, 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 mother, beep, beep, you know. <laughs> oh, man, I, I think now I, I have something to uh, to reach out to uh, some of my contacts and uh, maybe uh, maybe start pitching the FSW reality show because, you know, again, wrestling's hot. People like probably. You know, hit up your guy from UPW, Alcatraz's guy. I, I forgot oh, yeah, his Bass- worker name, but Wagner. Oh, Brett, yeah, swag. We can, yeah, I can talk to swag. Yeah, big, big swag. Yeah. Um, you know, he's the reality king over there. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Uh, so, outside of the Mecca coming up, and we'll talk about that, uh, the card in a second here, but this Friday, the 14th, um, you have a high octane, which is going to be taking place at the FSW Arena. And... Uh, we got a little bit of a main event that uh, kind of came out of nowhere because Toa is uh, committed to AEW that night. He was supposed to wrestle Hammerstone. And now one of the guys who probably rightfully deserves a title shot in Cutthroat Cody is going to get a chance to wrestle Hammerstone. How did you come up with that uh, replacement idea? Well, the idea first started when Toa hit me up. And I found out he's got to go to AW and job out to Marco Stunt. So then I said, hey, you know, at Limitless, I was going to put the idea of, uh, you know, always, we always saw the chance. You know, Jacob Boston Young always got the J-A-Y chant. And then all of a sudden, somebody somehow started the J-A-I chant. So I thought, hey, what better than the, 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 the dueling chance, you know? But then with Davey Richards, I just felt that Jacob Austin Young and Davey Richards would be a great match, not only for Jacob Austin Young, but a great match for our fans. And it turned out, you know, most people believe that was by far the match of the night and one of the best matches they saw in the FSW arena this year. Yeah. So now the show after, and, and Jay Vidal is now the champion, uh, he needs a title defense. Well, you know, 
we saw Cody and we saw Jake do very well in the Limitless tournament. Uh, they wanted to take a little breather from doing some tag matches because, again, you know, who are they going to beat? The same guys that they wrestled before? So, you know, let's spice it up a little. So that's where J-A-I versus J-A-Y is booked. Okay. Yeah. And then the ideas where Toa can't make it, it's like, you know, who's the guy that I could really put in against Hammerstone? You know, what heel is there that he hasn't beaten before? And I'm like, you know what? You know, unless I, you know, again, have to scamper and invest it in, makes them just kind of blah toward who Hammerstone, you know, they're all figuring Hammerstone's going to win anyway. It's got against a guy they've never really seen before. So unless I'm, you know, having a more juicy or – you know, heel-wise, Sam Adonis or Brian Cage again, you know, no disrespect to some really good guys, but we're not going to put them in. So I figured against Cody, you know, and actually it took off. You know, I knew people would be excited, but, man, you know, people are hugely, you know, interested in this match. Yeah, it's a very uh, exciting opportunity, and if, if you – uh have not seen cutthroat cody's work if you haven't seen uh jacob austin young's work um please check out the fsw network 6.99 a month it's uh just wonderful to go and be able to see uh some of the matches that they've had over the years not only as a tag team but as individuals and um the growth of both of those guys you know, Cody is also a former wrestler of the year, which was because of his singles work. Yep. He had a match of the year in singles with Funny, Funny Bone as well as in a tag match when uh, the following in the whirlwind gentleman. So, you know, as Cody said in the promo, you know, the last time he wrestled Hammerstone, he was 150 pounds, you know, and probably got ate up. And, you know, how crazy would it be if, all of a sudden, the former tag team champions uh, a month and a half ago are now the heavyweight and no limits champion. Sure. Sure. And then make them go. And then they, they obviously they'd want their rematch uh, against Toko Uso. So, you know, Remy Marcel's also going to be there. Um, we had an idea who he was going to work, but we're changing that. Uh, because that particular individual will be back in a tag team with his uh, pal, uh, Brandon G., so greatness and tenacious. Uh, we'll be taking on Shogun and Hero Lou. So, <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> You're feeding them to you Shogun know. and Hero Lou. <laughs> well, you know, hopefully Ricky can sing his way to victory. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I... If you're an FSW fan, um, that probably just got your heart rate going because uh, who better than Hero and Shogun to uh, to take down the uh, the Songbird and uh, Brandon G? Um, you know, we could call it the uh, the massacre on Harrison Drive. You know, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's exciting to uh, to see uh, high octane. Uh, you know, you're able to to plug in guys when certain issues come up or you know guys can't make it um and that and that's the fun thing about high octane is it is able to highlight matches like a cody versus a hammerstone um 
And, and again, fans, if you don't know Cody's work, um, just check out the FSW versus GCW show, and you'll see Cody take on. Well, first off, if they don't know Cody's work, they probably don't listen to the podcast anyway. That's so. true. 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 But we're trying. You know, we're we're reaching those fans in New Zealand who, uh, you know. It's it's that. Well, if you're reaching those fans, that means they're probably checking out the network. You know exactly. I heard there's following in Bangladesh, so <laughs> I can't confirm that. But you know, Cody wrestled Nick fucking Gage, man, and it was probably one of the best uh, hardcore death matches that uh, has ever been done. So uh, again, I encourage everyone to check out the network. Six ninety nine a month. You'll see High Octane this Friday the fourteenth. If you uh, check out the network and. Uh, you know, it's it's always entertaining. Uh, Mr. DeFalco on commentary is uh, also a nice little, uh, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's fun to listen to you and Jake, by the way. Um, I don't think I get to say that enough because you both work so fluidly together um, that it's, it's fun when you guys do commentary. Um, the Mecca show then got its... Uh, First big announcement of the main event. Why don't you tell the listeners what the main event is and um, how you came up? And I'm going to give some spoiler alerts on uh, some of the other. So. All right, let's let's get into it. But how, yeah, how did so... you come up with that main event? Because it's it's got me excited. It it looks better than any WWE or AEW pay per view match, just on paper. Well. Uh, at our last event at the place that will remain nameless, uh, Brian Cage and Hammerstone wrestled for the FSW Heavyweight Championship, and they had a tremendous match. Uh, one, a late contender for match of the year, but unfortunately, the new champs, Toka Uso, you know, took them out. So there was a good possibility that because. Even though Hammerstone and Cage wrestled each other, they are friends. You know, they, they've had a friendly competition for years. You know, Hammerstone wrestled Cage when he was just a young pup a few times in FSW and probably elsewhere. So one thought was to do Hammerstone and Cage versus Toko Uso. Now, that would definitely be a big boy match, and it's definitely something down the line. But... I like to listen to the fans and the fans weren't looking for Hammerstone and Cage to beat up Toko Uso. They liked that match so much. They were chanting rematch rematch. Right. It's like, well, Brian Cage isn't easy to get. He's, you know, with the, even though he's not working a lot on AEW at all, you know, there's certain dates and, and things he can't work and the school shows and pricing and all the other stuff. So, He's pretty much worked almost every Mecca. The only Mecca he didn't work was uh, Mecca 2, which we was at the cannery because Lucha Underground about two weeks beforehand, you know, they decided they were going to finish filming. Mm. And that ended up eliminating uh, Sammy Callahan, Willie Mack, Cross, Cage. We ended up losing a lot of our crew uh, for that show. So Brian Cage, you know, he was helpful in the very first Mecca where he recommended guys like Keith Lee and a Sammy Guevara and guys that were really under the radar that he had worked with. So whenever I can get Brian on a show like the Mecca, I will. So it's like, well, we already did Hammerstone and Cage. 
So now we're just repeating the main event of no escape basically with, with that. And it was like, well, we had gotten the, uh, the okay from, you know, Davey Richards for a couple of dates. So it was like, well, there, there's a lot of guys Davey can work, but it was funny because Cage was like, hey, you know, uh, with Davey coming in, I'd love to work him. And on the other end, talking with Hammerstone, he was like, oh, yeah, I'd love to. Because he was scheduled initially at Limitless, where we weren't going to have Davey in the tournament, that Hammerstone was going to wrestle Davey Richards. Okay. So it's like, hey, now, is, you know, the stars are aligning. So it's like, you know what? We'll give these guys both what they want. The match with Davey Richards among themselves. And maybe the best match in Mecca history was Brian Cage, Keith Lee, and uh, and Sammy Callahan. And the only reason it became a three-way, you want to talk about five worlds of, you know, like the Kevin Bacon thing. Sammy Callahan was supposed to wrestle Davey Richards, who uh, canceling two days before the show. Right. So you want to talk about a full circle right there. <laughs> you know, it's crazy, but <laughs> that's how it ended up being. So now that is one of our, I guess you could call it a double main event. Because if Killer Cross wrestled Brandon G, it would probably be the main event at Mecca. Okay, I'm just saying. It isn't, but, you know. So, being that we tape on Tuesday and it airs on Wednesday, I'm going to release it Tuesday night anyway. So, it's only a spoiler to you if you didn't know or whatever. But we actually got, for the first time ever, uh, Jacob Fatu is coming to FSW and he will wrestle uh, Killer Cross in uh, part two of the double main event. And I think, you know, we were looking at names. We were looking at WWE guys. You know, uh, I got Buddy Murphy interested, and that's definitely a match. And I'm, I'm a big fan of what uh, Morrissey Big Cass is doing in Impact and, and Matt Cardona. Uh, but putting everything together, you know, that was my first choice. You know, a guy, former MLW champion, you know, part of the Samoan dynasty, you know, it's got ties to her, to Sefa. So, you know, we're expecting a real big response and he's one of the the hottest talents, you know, in wrestling and he has no allegiances to AEW or Impact. So, you know, we are definitely excited for uh, Killer Cross and Jacob Fatu at Mecca that's that's amazing, and I like the fact too because of Cross's, um, you know, being that Vegas is his home town essentially for wrestling. Um, it it means that Jacob can come in and work the heel, uh, you know, beautifully, um, and um, I I'm assuming that uh, there's still a little bit of heat between uh, Jacob and Hammerstone for uh, Hammerstone winning the MLW title. So, man, that the night could get pretty complex by the end of the night. Yeah, you know, it, it definitely could. You know, the, the thing with Jacob is, you know, he's going to do some good stuff for a big guy who actually lost a lot of weight. It was funny. Uh, when GCW rented the uh, the ring 
Oh, not at the ring, the actual arena, which has the ring in it. Uh, last year sometime, I was looking over and I saw a couple people that I kind of recognized, obviously, and I knew. And I looked over at Jacob Fatu and I'm like, man, I, I think I, I know that guy. I couldn't figure out who it was. And it literally wasn't even that show. It was like a week later, I realized Jacob lost like 70 pounds. Yeah. And it was him. And I was like, holy shit. Like, he got himself in some amazing shape. Yeah. You know, usually it's the opposite with the Samoan guys. They get bigger, <laughs> not smaller. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so that's what we're looking at for the, the top end of Mecca. Um, is there been anything else that you've been working on uh, that uh, you might be able to kind of uh, give uh, the listeners an update on what uh, is taking shape for the February 4th Mecca? You know, matches haven't been set, but Toko Uso is there, and they will defend the uh, FSW tag titles. Uh, Remy Marcel will be on hand. Uh, we also got from outside the FSW, you know, family. Casey Navarro is coming back for that show. Uh, so he's probably going to be involved in a multi-man match. You know, guys like Damian Drake and Jay Vidal and Matt Vandegriff and you know, uh, we also got uh, our good buddy, TJP. He will be returning. Uh, Willie Mack has been signed. So, you know, Sandra Moon, you know, we're working on an opponent for her. And, you know, pretty, pretty solid. We're going to have eight matches. And, you know, we're just kind of maneuvering, you know, the last few uh, of where we want to go. Kenny King. Yeah, there, here's another match for you. Kenny King and Sam Adonis will be wow. wrestling uh, each other. And we've been uh, a big fan of Sam's ever yeah. since MK brought him in. And, you know, want to talk about a solid worker. You know, him and Psycho Clown was another one of the, the best matches inside the FSW arena this year. And, you know, Sam was also part of uh, the last big show we did. Uh, being involved with, uh, you know, Toko Uso and stuff. So uh, that's survival of the fittest. So, yeah, you know, that's pretty much everybody on the names. I, I'm not sure if there's, you know, anybody else. If they have, you know, we're talking about possibly for the tag titles, uh, bringing back one of the longest reigning tag team champions in FSW history, the Reno Scum. So... You know, that would be an interesting matchup, you know. Yeah. Tokyo, Reno, Scum, and maybe uh, Death Proof in a three-way. Yeah, you know what I mean? So it's just trying to trying to put all the eggs in the basket and making sure it is a solid, solid super show. You know, it's called the Mecca for a reason, you know. And, you know, there's a lot of really good talent that won't be on that show other than for the reason that it just doesn't fit into you know the matches we need we can't you know we can't overbook it we can't put too many matches on and go to nine matches like we do a lot of times just because of timing you know these there's no five minute match in there you know we hope you know everything should be going 20 minutes 15 minutes you know these these are big time matches that we're gonna have uh you know and this is the first mecca since march of 2020 you know, the day before the pandemic, who would think that in February of 2022, literally almost two years later, we're yeah. still dealing with it. Yeah. 
And uh, ironically enough, uh, I know we're not going live, but uh, somehow Suavecitos just texted me and they want in on that ta- championship match. So, you know. They can want in on all they want. <laughs> Um, uh, and they they always want something. <laughs> uh, that, that ain't how you get it. Uh, you know, this past week, um, NXT had um, just this major overhaul, and um, one of the um, one of the great people in the business, oh, Allison wow. Danger, unfortunately, was let go by NXT, um, and she'd only been there for about two months, three months. Um, what are your three months? Yeah, what are you move the whole family down and everything? Right. What are your feelings on you know the way everything went down with that, and um, do you see it as business or do you see it as something that like the fans see it that you know with passion they hate what's going on? You know, the thing is, you can look at it in two ways. Well, they're they're overhauling NXT. Okay, well, you want to overhaul NXT and you're going to get rid of somebody who's been there for 10 years. I got it. She hasn't really been there. She's there for three months. So she is new blood that you're trying to bring in new blood. So wouldn't she be considered new blood? Because she's been there, you know, for three months. Her brother, Steve, he's been there for a long time. And, you know, obviously he's still there. And I saw, you know, they signed you know, PD Williams to be a producer, right. you know, and, and they got, you know, a good core group of guys, but, you know, a guy like road dog, you know, right. they got rid of, and that guy pretty much people would think of as a lifer, you know, he's, he's made, you know, millions of dollars being part of WWE for, you know, 20 plus years. And, you know, he had the issue. I know he was on creative, and in most cases, are you not happy with it? Good, get the fuck out of here. But they found another spot for him. So it's weird to me that they found another spot for him, but then eight months later, they released him anyway. Yeah. So it was like, well, why did you let him go in the first place? Uh, since he kind of wanted to go, you know? You know, the rumor is he'll be at AEW, you know? But again, that, that's a rumor. So we will see. You know, I inquired about a seminar and, you know, the way we do traditional seminars are splits of the thing. But, you know, in situations with a guy like that, a guy like Regal, you know, they want upfront money. So, you know, love to have them, love to have Regal. But, you know, we got to make sure we're not losing. I'm not going to lose. I can lose my ass doing a show and not be great with it, but be all right with it. But I'm not going to lose my ass doing a seminar to try to benefit other people who don't want to take advantage of it. Right. And I've seen it when we've had seminars with guys like TJP and Davey Richards are two of the best wrestlers. You know, we had TJP running a class last week and literally 90% of the roster wasn't there. Like the guys who came in for the early class that were advanced, it's an advanced only class. I get it. So that eliminates a lot of people. But we also let the beginners sit in and listen and learn, you know, and the, 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 the regular, you know, actually Ricky from the Suavecitos, Brett the Threat, and uh, offhand, I can't think, it was one other guy, uh, Davion was there, 
And that was it. Now, that's great. I know some of them have to work, but there was probably 12 to 15 other eligible guys to be there to learn. And, and it cost 10 bucks yeah. for the advanced guys. And the middle of the road guys who actually pay dues didn't have to pay. So it wasn't like, you know, 50 bucks or 100 bucks. At most, it was $10. Yeah. And you didn't want to and learn from TJ Perkins who is offering his knowledge to you guys for like pretty much nothing. So that's what makes that part extremely exhausting. Yeah. 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 It's um, and, and I think that it's also reflective of uh, you don't know how good you have it until you've seen other things and you know, that's one of the biggest problems is that I don't think they realize that this doesn't happen in, you know, other places. This is very unique. They're in a unique situation, so they should take advantage um, and, you know, get, hey, switch a work shift, um, you know, you know, come up with, you know, the extra 10 bucks, uh, you know, to, to see yeah, it. It wasn't a, it wasn't a last minute thing. Like, Hey, Kenny can't make it. So at four o'clock, Hey, everybody, TJ's teaching, teaching the class at six, you know, this was posted on the student page for two weeks. So, you know, it, it's easy to switch something up yeah. if, if you want to do it, you know, God forbid TJ takes a liking to you the way Davari did to like Hero Lou and try to get him an opportunity. That's what ends up happening. You know, TJ gets booked and he's well-known guy. So him driving to California, he's a guy that they're going to take care of extra special. So if he says, hey, I got this kid who I'm training with who I think can really help you, there's a good chance that that company is going to book that kid and give him an opportunity. Now, of course it's sink or swim, whether he does good or bad, but first off, TJ's not going to remember, you know, recommend the guy who's the shits because it's his reputation on the line. So if he thinks you're good enough and then you get to be put in this spot, you ain't going to get that spot. If he never sees you and doesn't know who you are. Right. You know, yourself seen, make yourself known. Like that's the one thing, you know, everybody from the regular trainers to all the guests, you know, like I said, Booker T comes in for a seminar and there's people from all over the United States coming in. Now, as knowledgeable and as long in the businesses as Booker T, he was a big star. So is that the reason why that people just wanted to meet the big star Booker T? Was it because he was doing a show in town? So they just wanted to sniff around and get a spot, you know, being that three weeks later, TJ, uh, Davey Richards did a seminar and it's easy to say, well, you know, I don't really know who Davey Richards is. Well, then you should find out. Exactly. You know, this is your craft. You should know, you know, who the best are at it. And when it comes to work rate, you know, TJP and Davey are, are two of the best around. And we have them available for the choosing and people aren't choosing. Yeah. So if you're, you know, listening to this and you're here in Vegas and, you know, you're hungry to learn the craft, to get further in your career. This is how you do it. It's it's not Joe trying to make a buck off of you. It's legitimately these guys 
who love this business and who have made it and who have a reputation of being the best, um, they're giving you an opportunity to learn from them. And that is, you know, if you look online, you have this masterclass shit going on nowadays. This is masterclass right here in front of you live in Vegas. So take advantage of it and can't say that enough. Uh, Joe, as we uh, end here, uh, any final thoughts for the week uh, for uh, anyone uh, listening uh, that you might just uh, want to put out there? Yeah, you know, the fact of the matter is Friday is going to be a really, really, really good show. But because of the situation with the venue and, you know, setting things up for the Mecca, it's kind of slid under the radar. And, you know, just want to make people know it's going to be a great show, man. You you want to watch great wrestling. You know, our main guys are going to be there. You know, Graves is there. Hammerstone's there. You know, Remy's there. The, the title matches that we announced, Shogun and Hero, you know, Nick Xander will be there. Brett the Threat, we're going to announce uh, the winners of the year-end awards, you know, so... You know, it's definitely going to be, you know, a fun night. Tickets are only 30 bucks for front row, 20 for general admission for a couple of really good hours with some great wrestling. You know, Chris Bay, will he show up? Eh, who knows? He might. You know, Chris Bay shows up when I least expect him sometimes. It's like, oh, you're here. Why don't you tell me what I got you a match? You know, instead he just jumps in the ring and grabs the mic and starts spewing a promo on somebody. <laughs> Well, that's what you have to look forward to. If you're here in Vegas, get down to the arena on Friday night, 7 p.m. Uh, but if you're listening and you're, you know, around the country or in other areas of the world, uh, again, FSW Network, to $6.99 a month. And uh, you'd be able to sit back and, and relax and watch the show. Um, and I tell you, uh, the network is running really nicely now. Um, there's been no glitches that I've seen. Um, Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to have to yell at Ben again, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, please check it out. And uh, again. Oh, and you can order the Mecca on Fight TV as of yesterday. So. I was just going to say, it, uh, it looks like Mecca is going to be on Fight TV. So that's going to be February 4th. And uh, Yes, parts un- live from Parts Unknown. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Joe, how big is your backyard? <laughs> Believe it or not, the first month or so that we trained, we actually trained in my backyard. That's where we put the ring until we found a place. But, you know, before I sign off, just want to say, fuck you, Diversion Amusements. So, you know. And there we go. That's the we're going to leave it. Everyone have a wonderful rest of the day, and we'll see you guys next time. And boycott egg works. <laughs>